What is up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. I know it's already Wednesday and we have yet to put out an episode this week. I was letting I was giving you guys a chance to catch up. I was getting flooded with emails of people telling me that there was too much run your mouth out there. They didn't have enough time to absorb all the information. They weren't able to accurately sit down, take notes, memorize what I was saying, go out and independently fact check it. They were feeling completely overwhelmed. And so in response to you people, you know, really trying to diligently consume the run your mouth programming and really make sure that you absorb all the information and have it ready at the tip of your tongue so that if you end up with fights in your family, you can recall this information and tell them they're not even concerned about the right things. That's I'm here for you. And so, you know, because of all the emails I was getting, we uh, we toned down production for this week. Uh, no, I've been working my ass off on another end of year recap. I wasn't planning on doing one. And then it just hit me. It hit me that there were three stories that we covered on the Run Your Mouth podcast that were just, you know, they were kind of throwaways. And I knew that there was more meat on the bone and I felt inspired. And I was like, you know what? We got to do more coverage of this. Let me just start writing the jokes. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do an end of year thing when I go up to the show. I think what I'm going to do is my new half hour of stand up comedy. And then maybe I'll do a brief presentation on the end on these three topics. And I got to working. I started taking my ginseng pills, drinking my, my quadruple espressos. I went up from three milligram zins to six milligram zins. And I got to writing. And let me tell you something. I'm not supposed to work this hard. Hard work like that, it's for other people. It's not for me. I like a medium level of work. I'm good at medium level. It's the, the this is this is a little and then it starts getting tedious. I'm letting you guys know you start putting together those slides and you got to start, you know, reworking your brain and trying to fact check your own propaganda and cherry pick the perfect headlines to try and prove your point. Cuz the thing is with some of these stories, if I don't put the story right in front of you, you're like, "Well, this guy's full of shit." Go back and uh and and watch some of the old uh, uh, cause we've done three of them now. I've done three of them and especially the COVID coverage was pretty incredible. Uh, some of the other stuff, you know, the, the ESG scores and that stuff, maybe, maybe not every prediction came true, but there was coverage of things that you never would have heard about, never would have known. And so people, if you live up in the Northeast, make the journey, come out to the shell. I can't believe that this is, I haven't stuck with anything for four years of my entire life. Are you kidding me? I barely made it through high school. College, I gave up by the time it was the fourth year and dragged that out for like seven years. Um, I, I mean, the fact that it's four years later and I'm still doing these, I, it's pretty remarkable in my book. And let me tell you, stand-up comedy, it's just, it's better live. And every single year I've ended up uh, cutting things out. There are things that only the live show got to see. There were jokes that were so dicey. I was like, even me, I can't even put that joke out in a public format. And so every single year, I'm telling you, there have been things that have happened at the live show that only got to be seen by those people that came out for the live show. Uh, it's raw. It's unedited. It, it, it is not like stand-up where you keep going and you keep you, you you maybe try 30 seconds of a new joke. That's the way stand-up is. If I'm doing a half hour, I'm maybe trying two new minutes and I'm sweating it out. And if those two minutes don't work, you, then you go to your egg. That's not the way this thing works. You're going right from my presentation, the way it's memorized at home to being up in front of that audience. And so come out. It's a fucking trip. I got my buddies, Chris Warren and Menu and Heart opening up for me. Uh, both hilarious comedians. It's going to be a great night. The Shell's a cool venue. It's all libertarians. They all come in packing heat. It's off the grid. You can find out about living in New Hampshire, you know, getting get, going to the free state, hanging out with the other libertarians. Guys, I'm excited. It's the fourth year in a row. 
So uh, please, coming out, if you don't got plans this weekend, Friday and Saturday, one show each evening. Hopefully, we'll sell out. We sold it out uh, the last couple of years. And then uh, we're going to see how it goes. I might just put this thing out next week to get in front of everyone else putting out their end-of-year recaps, you know? Maybe try and pull that move that everyone's doing with Black Friday now, where it's like a month before they're already putting up their sales. Or when people started jumping the gun on their pumpkin products. Now, it's all about being first to market. By the time you're second or third to market, nobody's even interested anymore. They're like, I already saw that person's recap. I already saw this guy's top pick stories for the new year. And people check out. So if it goes as smoothly as I think it's going to go, we're going to edit that thing next week and get it out next week. If I feel like it was like 80% there and that I can get this perfect if I tore it now, porch store people, you might be getting some calls from me because it's 30 minutes of new material. We might start adding dates. Atlanta we didn't do. I, I, we never did that gig out in Bryan in LA. Maybe I'll pull in, uh, pull in my, my credits from Spirit Airlines. Maybe we'll go to Chicago. I don't know. But anyways, I'm looking forward to this weekend. So uh, come hang out. And now let's get into some topics. I'm being honest. It's going to be a shorter episode because I, I have fried my brain working harder than I like to work. I, I Like I said, I like medium hard work. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not exactly lazy, but I'm not exactly like hardworking by nature. I'm kind of an ADD maniac. I mean, I don't like doing any work. If you could, if you could make money eating cookies and jerking off all day, that's what I would do. That is, that is my disposition. Stand-up comedy is fun enough that I like living, leaving the house, and then you get to work on it live, and it's a thrill. But other than that, you know, I gotta force myself every single time I read every any article on this show. Like some of you people out there, you actually got through school. You're studious. You can read. You can do these things. You should see what my process is when I try and put together this show. I got like. If, if I got kettlebells by my desk. I do push-ups. I do pull-ups. It's like if, if you could, you could literally film me like a zoo animal of a human in a hamster wheel trying to expel energy so that they can actually focus and read one article at a time. So, you know, anyways, I, I, I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm getting the graphics in from LVMP. He always does a great job. Uh, you guys should go follow him. Uh, and, uh, uh, anyways, it's going to be a shorter episode because, uh, my heart and soul has been going into this new end of year thing. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be our typical episode. All right, here we go. Anyways, but let's get into it. Um, cause there is quite a few things that have gone on in the last two weeks. And so I do want to talk about it. Some of these might be a little bit from last week, whatever. It's enough introduction. I just did six and a half minutes of introduction. You don't need any more introduction. You've been introduced. You're ready for the show. You're like, give me the topics. You're buttering me up too much here. I don't need this much foreplay. Just tell me what the fuck is going on in the world so I can get back to whatever the fuck else I was doing. And I got to quit swearing so much. I don't know why I started swearing so much on the show. All right, here we go. It's the Zins. You know what it is? It's the Zins. <laughs> Anyone out there that thinks that nicotine doesn't come with side effects, it will ramp you up like you're coked out and fiending, and then you start uh, throwing all sorts of swear words. And I was already aggressive enough. I already talked fast enough. I pace around enough. We didn't need more energy. All right, let's start with the fact that Newsom is an A-plus liar. Firstly, every time I try and get myself off of YouTube, nobody, even the streaming platforms like uh, uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, the people with the real budgets to put together quality websites, I can never find your content. When I come to your website and I'm trying to find the stuff to watch, I can never find it. So I watch clips intermittently on uh, online of uh, DeSantis dueling Newsom. And uh, it's not the first time I've watched Newsom in action because I think I've seen him sit down with Hannity before. And my God, is that guy a world-class liar. 
I mean, the fact he is so slick and smooth, doesn't matter what comes out of his mouth. He is even keeled, unrattled, all smiles, serial killer energy 100% of the time. I, I, I think if I look at the field, I don't know how he doesn't end up on that presidential ticket. I don't think they can run Biden. I don't think they can run Biden, Kamala. They can't replace Kamala with a man and a white man at that. So that can't happen. And you just <laughs> you look at the guy. And he's been seemingly auditioning for the job without campaigning or auditioning for the job. But he was calling for that debate against DeSantis. And he sat in that pocket and he lied through his teeth in the most magnificent political way you possibly could. And so, you know, I'm not saying that I like the guy. I certainly don't. I'm not saying he'd be a good president. He certainly wouldn't be. But to be out there in California a state that we hear all these stories about people fleeing from the high taxes, the homeless problem, and then being, oh, also getting busted for eating at the restaurant during COVID. I mean, being one of the more restricted places about the COVID policies during the whole time, and then getting up there with a big old smile and not just defending your track record as governor, but also uh, defending the Biden administration and the great work they're doing at the border and everything else. You at least got to take a step back and just salute a person who is that fantastic at lying. Now, I put another note in here, which was Newsom's jobs claim. Yes, I remember what this was. I read this in Zero Hedge. I thought this was fascinating. The Biden administration, we did a whole thing on a part of the problem where uh, we were talking about how they were lying about inflation coming down because they were talking about the increase in, in inflation coming down, but the actual cumulative inflation being up. I actually recently discovered this, and I thought this was interesting. I found this out putting together my end-of-year recap, which will be this weekend at the Shell, if you didn't already get that from the first six minutes, um, is that according to the uh, CPI, which we all know is not the best uh, indicator for all things inflation, doesn't account for energy, and I don't know what other manipulations they throw into that thing, but I was looking at it since the beginning of Biden's presidency, and assuming I read this correctly, uh, I believe prices are about 20% higher across the board than when Biden started in office. And that seems about right to me. I might like, I, I think there's like, I mean, that's, but the, anyways, that's pretty incredible. A 20% increase in prices in just three years. Uh, but, you know, he, they, they already got their lie in the works. They go, uh, which by the way, put that in a fucking slogan. Hey, you enjoying everything being 20% higher? And, and then you could do the average if it's 20%, what, over over three years? So you're basically looking at 7% a year, and then you could do the math. So, you know, you want things to be 40% higher by the time uh, Biden's out of office. I didn't do that math correctly. Let's move on. Just pretend like that sounded smart and good. Anyways, so we already broke down the falsehood of the claim of inflation because inflation is actually cumulative. But I didn't catch this one until I was reading it in this Zero Hedge article that uh, Newsom was making a job claim that he's added more jobs than any other president. That's because everyone lost their jobs during COVID. So many people were out of work during COVID. That's the way that you've got to be a president these days is in your first year, you have to ruin everything. So over the next two years, you can fix what you ruined and then go look at how much we improved. You show up one day one and you fire the entire country from their jobs. And then day two, you know, you go, look, in my first day in office, there was a 100% increase in the amount of people that were employed in this country. 
You know, you, you see what I'm saying? It's like on day one or what you do is you just start like throwing people in jail on day one. You let them all out the next day and you're like, no one's ever let this many people out of jail. Maybe that's not a great claim or, you know, but what I'm trying to say is that they're, <laughs> they've destroyed things and then they just slightly fixed the things that they destroyed. Remember they're doing the same thing with the debt. We we've taken on less debt this year. Yeah. It's because you, you, you took on more debt than anyone's ever taken on ever in the history of America the previous year. Uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, pretty slick trick they're trying to pull on us. Um, all right. Next topic is uh, the Gaza war. The halftime show is over. They are back to war. And you've got Blinken saying, hey, listen, you got to be a little bit more careful in the killing of all these civilians. But uh, here's some bigger bombs. In case you weren't able to fully destroy those buildings and don't destroy those buildings, quit harming these kids, quit harming these families. But here's some bigger bombs for round two. You guys are going to need some bigger bombs, but don't use them. Just just, uh, you know, these are more here to, to look at. These are these are look at them bombs. These are these are bombs of inspiration to remind you that you certainly shouldn't use the big. What, did we run out of the, the smaller bombs to send over there? And now, you know, the firefights and everything started with the displacement from the north. And I've read. I think I saw this in the week magazine today that 80% of Gazans are currently displaced from their homes. Now, all these facts and figures, who knows, you know, maybe the Gazans, they just make all this stuff up all the time. They've all just been okay. They actually are all living in these bunkers and these bunkers, they're fantastic. They're like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lair. They're a, they're a uh, stoner's dream. They've got couches, they've got television, all the pizza you can handle, Rats that will teach them karate. I don't know. I'm not actually out there. Who knows? Maybe the moss isn't even in the tunnel system. It's just that's where they all hang out. It's beautiful clubhouses. It's like a subway system of niceness. They're excellent at tunnels. They actually prefer living in tunnels. Not that, not that it's not a race thing, but it's just uh, some cultures. They prefer different things. They sleep on different beds. They have sex in different ways. And, you know, maybe these people are, they've always been tunnel people. The whole, the whole building thing is just for show on top. Anyways, uh, it's funny when I'm yelling about solutions and then people actually take my ideas and I go, no, 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 don't do that. That was a bad idea. And I was talking about why not flood the tunnels? Why not flood the tunnels? And then I was reading that they're actually thinking about flooding the tunnels, but flooding the tunnels might actually just get everything to collapse. So maybe, you know, maybe think like I, I've thrown out a lot of random ass suggestions on this show. And I still think my exploding creepy spider robots was probably the best idea of anything that people could be doing in Gaza. No one took that suggestion. But, you know, we throw out a lot of suggestions on this show. So I want to say, I want to re maybe retract that one because I'm not an engineer. It still seems like a good idea. If you're afraid of all these tunnels, instead of uh, destroying the buildings, maybe destroy the tunnels. But I, I'm not enough of an engineer to know if uh, you can be taking out these tunnels without collapsing the uh, entire area. All right, before we move forward, let's take a quick moment to plug a sponsor, sheathunderwear.com. Go to sheath. I'm wearing my sheaths right now. I got them on. I got the, the Donald Cerrone's with the sexy prints. Uh, Robert just hooked it up. He sent me the long johns, which is my favorite winter wear item, especially if you're like me and you don't like running your heat. You need some long johns. Feels like you're wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Or uh, they just put up these really cool looking. I saw it on the website. I was like, Robert, you got to send me these, like these orange pattern things. And I was like, my penis is going to look good in that. If I got to be sending any nudes to some women's, you know, you want to be wearing that push-up padded bra, the sheath underwear that makes everything look a lot nicer. 
So go to sheathunderwear.com, been a loyal sponsor of the show. Use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off, load up for Christmas, stock some stuffings, make your family members happy, and treat your balls right in the new year. All right, next up is, uh, this was making the rounds of a, uh, uh, you know, I guess the Israel lobby is so powerful that aside from trying to fix all the country's problems, every week they got to create some new thing to showcase how much of an allegiance we have to the state of Israel. And one of the new things from what's being reported on social media, I've been working on this end of year thing. I didn't dig into all the details. I'm being honest with you guys. But uh, I think I saw Thomas Massey posting that he was opposing this. Great Tucker appearance, by the way. Um, but they were talking about piecing together that if you were anti-Israel, that was going to be viewed as being anti-Semitic, which has always been the big talking point. Anytime you criticize the actions of Israel, that's because you're being anti-Semitic. And uh, I think that those are not one and the same. I think Israel is a government, and I think you can criticize uh, the actions, people are separate from the government. Religions are separate from the government. Jews that live in other countries are certainly uh, separate from the actions of Israel. And uh, I think that that's some grade A nonsense to say that anytime anyone's criticizing Israel from anything, that that is anti-Semitism. I don't know to the extent that they're trying to make that a law. I don't know if that means that if you're a Jewish person, you're not going to be allowed to criticize Israel on podcasts. I can't imagine that it's going that far. Uh, I do know that they do try they do try and do everything they can to reduce free speech. Remember, if you were criticizing COVID and you were right, you were, uh, you know, bringing COVID misinformation. So the idea that they wouldn't wrap up any criticism of Israel into anti-Semitism and try and censor people for it, you know, they'll exert power in whatever way they can until people like us go, hey, you can't do that. And then if enough people do that, then they don't do it. Anyways, be on the lookout for that one. Now. On the flip side, though, there was a very strange video I was watching on Twitter yesterday of the deans, you know, being called into and the deans of people like Harvard, Penn and otherwise being called in. I believe it was in front of Congress for anti-Semitism on uh, college campuses. And now every time I see that, I'm like, eh, this seems like some nonsense. I don't feel like kids are in danger. I feel like Jews in this country. Pretty lucky to be Jews in this country. My grandfather used to say that, you know, and he's like, you look and by the way, when my grandfather was coming up, they used to kick the shit out of him for being Jewish. He said he lost every fight he was ever in, but he always punched back. They would just be walking around town. They'd be like, Jew boy, to have a problem. He got into good schools, passed a quota. And he was like, that was the luckiest you could have had it as a Jew. If you look at the wheel of human history and then you look at where we are now in terms of what we're able to do in this country, it's pretty free. I'm not saying every once in a while you don't run into people that are anti-Semites, but I'm just saying in the scheme of things, we got it pretty good. And, uh, you know, if you're going to just complain about things, that's going to make things worse. But this was a weird one. And I don't know. I got mixed feelings on this. I'm going to have to actually sit down and watch the entire hearing. But it did seem like amidst all the talk of safe spaces and the other nonsense on college campuses and what's considered bigotry and what you can get in trouble for, for some reason, calling for the genocide of Jewish people would not qualify as bullying. Now, there's a lot of like random terms in here. Like, to what extent do you think that a college needs to police for the action of bullying? To what extent does having opinions defer from actually taking actions? But that one, I, I don't know. If you were a white person on college campuses saying that you thought that black people should be, be re-enslaved, uh, that, 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 that seems like a direct call 
for violence. That's not like, you know, there's, there's a difference between, I like, I don't think humor leads to violence. I don't think exploring opinions leads to violence. I don't think criticizing the state of Israel leads to violence or is anti-Semitic. But I think a statement as simple as, you know, a college professor otherwise actually calling, and this was the line being used from the lady where she was like, is, 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 is calling for genocide, uh, not a, uh, a violation of like your, your bullying standards or whatever. And the, the, the deans or whoever was up there wouldn't give a straight answer. This video I should have pulled in for context. We can play it on the next one. Uh, when I'm home Monday or Tuesday and I can dig in a little bit more, maybe you guys saw that Rob's newsroom at gmail.com, but that I did find to be uh, a little bit striking. Um, all right, guys, we got to get the sponsors in yo, kratom.com home of the $60 kilo, most loyal supporter of the show makes a lot of things possible, including, um, you know, the studio space that we're going to be moving into. All right. Next topic. Fauci promises three days of, I can't recall. I don't remember. <laughs> Apparently I don't understand. This is another thing where they're going to do the closed hearings before the open hearings, just do it all out in the open. But who knows? Maybe we'll get one last quarrel match between Rand Paul and Fauci. One last matchup, WWF entrance. Maybe, you know, that's been some of the best television. If you're a loser like me who likes watching congressional hearings and pretending like you're better for watching that instead of just other television. But uh, apparently, you know, they're going to be bringing him in, forcing him to answer. But that weaselly weasel with all the lies he's told with the um, degree by which he hasn't gotten in trouble, switched up definitions, said he didn't recall, doesn't know how much money people were making, wasn't gain a function research of concern. How many new little things is he just going to throw in there? But looking forward to it nonetheless. I believe that's going to be, I guess, next week, something like that. Um, all right, you got ongoing reporting of these uh, congressmen, Republican congressmen. They're still on the tail of Joe Biden and seem to be coming up with nothing. I'm. It's the most interesting story in the entire world, whether or not the guy elected to president is just completely corrupt, has been bribed by foreign governments, if he's just been running money through his uh, crackhead son, who he turned into a crackhead because he couldn't handle the pressure of all this stuff, if he's been running payments through his brother, and you keep getting this trail of, yeah, we got the evidence, we got the evidence, and then I'm reading the articles, and I'm just bored. I'm just bored and I'm spacing out, which is usually an indicator of that you haven't come up with much. And it seems like they finally came up with a direct payment of $1,400. $1,400, what is that? That's one evening of crack and a half a hooker? Like, when are you actually going to just like quit giving me the stream of little stories and just finally be like, we got the guy dead to rights? I can't stand the constant trickle of like, maybe, yes, maybe, we're here, we're here. Like, yeah, we all know that we all know. Biden is probably completely corrupt. We all know people in government. They figure out ways to run money back to themselves. None of this stuff is uh, is groundbreaking news. What makes it groundbreaking news is if you can actually prove it. And so, quit with the little trinkles. Give me some actual meat. I don't like uh, I don't like the appetizers and the soup. I want an actual meal here. Ukraine war aid is getting very interesting. Uh, you know, we saw these little uh, little snippets making it seem like the war was finally over. Russians, uh, the, 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 as explained by uh, clandestine, they're holding their ground and Ukrainians are just dying. They're running out of people that they can throw at that Russian line. There's the New Zurich article, generals uh, saying that it's over. 
You got articles about people in uh, uh, Germany going over there and being like, hey, guys, it's time to negotiate. But then you still got a Hail Mary push for how can we get more funding over there? Now, I just figured coming into an election cycle, the Ukraine war is so unsellable, so unfavorable that, you know, they were just going to have to try and walk it back and go, hey, listen, it was a good thing we opposed him in the way he did. Otherwise, he would have gone. Putin would have taken all of Europe. And so the tea leaves to me, we're looking like they were going to try and walk this thing back so that that way, you know, we could afford to send more money over to Israel one war at a time. But they're making a real push. And the push is always just, we need a little bit more money now. We need a little bit more money now. We need a little bit more money now. And then you turn around and uh, Thomas Massey had a great stat on uh, Tucker Carlson show, but it's more money annually than we spend investing in our own roads and bridges. Where would you rather see that money? Ukraine's dying for, I don't know what benefit. Is Russia finally going to fold? Is Putin going to turn himself in as a war criminal? Or, you know, even if you don't like government spending, at least we can uh, have a few less potholes in the road. Or maybe get the construction faster, done faster so that you don't always have to be just sitting there honking. Did Kissinger die in small tactical nuclear wars? Okay. So, uh, does anyone else get nervous about Kissinger checking out? Like maybe, maybe things are about to get real bad. <laughs> Kissinger's like, ah, you know what? It's time for me to get out of here. Um, but I was reading this article in zero hedge and they were blasting, uh, Kissinger for being a dumbass. And they were saying that early in his career, he was talking about that countries can engage in small tactical nuclear wars. If the other side was also okay with small tactical nuclear wars, like you can go nuke someone as long as they know that like, you're not going to fully nuke all of them. And then they can nuke you back and like small, like, you know, take out maybe just like Manhattan. And like, maybe you just take out, you know, uh, like Moscow. And then you guys realize like, all right, all right, we get it. Where you send a nuke over here, we say, you know what, that's enough. We, we you just nuke like a couple areas, and you know, you won't necessarily get a full escalation because the other side might understand that you were just doing small tactical nuclear warfare. I got more, I gotta do more reading up on Kissinger, but kind of sounds like maybe the guy was just a dumbass. And then that starts making me realize, you know, I'm always over here going, maybe it's this way. I don't want to say for sure. I think it could be this. And they're like, maybe they're all retarded. And so what you got to do is just be the most confident in whatever your retardation is. You just got to shove it down people's throats. And at least if you're on the side of, hey, let's just not fight as much, you're probably more right than the people who are going, hey, let's just fight a lot more. And so, you know, just uh, yell. You got to yell louder. I guess that's my conclusion from Kissinger's success as a human being is that everybody's wrong. Nobody has good ideas. At least if you're on the side of let's fight less and spend less, you're definitely more right than the people who are going, let's spend more and fight more. And so you just got to be louder and more confident and just don't worry about the details. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be right on it all. And no one's right. They're all stupid. All right. And then I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal from uh, the people who engaged in business with Donald Trump saying that he was actually a lucrative client, which is interesting in New York City as they go, hey, you know, we're always concerned for the health and well-being of these banks. That's always what the politicians are talking about. They're talking about how these banks, they need even more money. They need even more protection. If there's one thing that we need to be concerned about, it's the well-being of bankers. 
people with all the resources in the world to make a decision about whether or not they want to lend you money. And then government steps in and goes, well, Donald Trump lied when he got that money. And we don't care if they were profitable investments in the end. We have to make sure that commerce isn't done where people lie to people for loans and then go ahead and they make them money. Think about, listen, I don't operate this way. I don't like operating this way. I'm a low stress, medium workload individual. That's the way I like to operate my life. I don't like putting in that much work. And I don't like uh, I don't like making bold claims, and I don't like the stress of having to try and back up my bold claims. I'm a medium claim, medium work individual. That's the way I like to live my life. But you look, you go read all these sales books. It's always all people or like, and I, I hate this. I hate trying to sell from both sides. You go, yeah, I'm, this person was absolutely committed. And then you call up that guy was absolutely committed. And then you got to go get the guy to actually want to do it and say that that person wanted him to be there. I can't live my life that way. There's a lot of business that gets done that way. So how anti-business is it? I get it. It's stressful to lie, represent yourself as being more successful than you are, trying to get a loan. But that's the way some people do business. Some people go, I know that if I can get this loan and I can build that building, I'm going to make everybody money. And so they lie to a whole bunch of people because they know in their heart of hearts, they're actually confident. They got that Kissinger thing that I was talking about. And it actually works out. If it actually works out, you, then you, then it, all that ends well is well. Should they have done it? I don't think so. But like you, you're going to have to undo so many people in their business practices. You're going to have to rewrite every sales book that's in. I, like, again, I don't operate this way. And I don't think people should. Like, to me, I like medium bets. I like being more conservative. But people definitely, it's the way things happen. You go, I believe I can get this thing done. You're in the face. And then it's the funny thing about, you know, I guess confidence in businesses is that most small businesses fail. And so, you know, most people probably shouldn't feel good about pursuing their dreams. That's really the lesson you should take away from this is that most people probably shouldn't pursue their dreams because when they go ahead and they go, I can achieve and accomplish this thing, most of them can't. But sometimes it works out. And so I guess the only way to do it is to go out there and pursue it. And so if you're telling me, that a guy who, you know, applies for a loan, the bank gives them the money for the loan. They go ahead, they do the project. The project actually works out. And then the person that made them the loan makes money. How do you step in and uproot that without just negating all of capitalism? All right, we got a couple more stories to highlight. But like I said, we're, we're getting our sponsors in today. Nadoshaveco.com, promo code RYM for 20%. Maybe it's 15% off. Doesn't matter. Just throw the thing in. Their pricing is the best pricing you're going to find on, on shavers anywhere. And we're talking shavers. We're not talking about those electric things. Always get gunked up. You got to clean the inside of it. Sometimes you end up, uh, dude, I bought one of those skull shaver things the other, the, the other day. It was a different brand, though. The first two times, it was great. Because I was like, wow, this is so lazy friendly. It actually takes this thing all the way down. And then by three days later, it's just cutting into my scalp. That's why, you know what you got to do? You got to be a real man. And you got to get yourself actual razors. And you got to get yourself metal razors. The good stuff from nadoshaveco.com. The people who are taking down big shave, not the plasticky thing. The five, six razors that are going to cut into your skin and make it look like you have an STD. You don't want that from your life. So go to nadoshavegrow.com, use promo code RYM, and you get yourself, I think, 15% off some incredible razors, and you support the show. All right, so this was just a quote from Speaker Johnson. There's something that happens when you actually get into the positions of power. Everyone stands the outside, hey, we're, we're going to save money. 
we're going to make changes. And then, you know, it's like that old Bill Hicks joke where you get to see the Kennedy shooting from the other angle. All of a sudden, everybody won 80s. They just realize, yeah, yeah, we'll make some changes down the line. But now that I'm in power, you know, let's uh, let's status quo is kind of nice. I mean, I'm on top of this thing. You guys, the status quo feels pretty good. We can't allow Vladimir Putin to march through Europe and understand the necessity of assisting there. There you go. Johnson has converted over. Now he's a speaker of the house. He realizes that if we let Putin take these little slices of Ukraine that he's holding on to that are somewhat ethnically Russian and blah, 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 history that I don't know and shouldn't be talking about, he's going to go ahead and take all of Russia. So guys, we need all hands on deck. I don't even know why we're sending things over to Israel. We should be sending these tactical uh, bunker busting bombs over to the Ukraine. Oh, guys, this is the biggest opportunity I've ever come across. I'm over here reading every news article every single week. And very rarely do I see the tea leaves as clearly as I see on this one, where I see an investment opportunity that might be a one in a thousand years investment opportunity. So if you're one of the people I was describing before that likes lying to other individuals and creating scams and profiting off of them, let's partner together because this is the scam worth doing. I didn't even, I, I read this article. I don't remember the specifics. Booming carbon credit market helps Brazil regrow rainforests. Listen, if they end up doing this carbon credit thing, here's what you got to do. Yeah, like urban windmills for the poor communities, the windmills never even have to work. What we got to do is we got to go buy, buy up some decrepit piece of forest and you don't even plant trees or you don't, you plant trees that don't grow, but you claim that you have some new tree that removes even more carbon from, from, from the atmosphere. Increase carbon reduction, carbon reducing trees of America. Hey, come up with any stupid name and throw a stock ticker on it and start selling people carbon credits on trees that don't grow and don't reduce anything from the atmosphere. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. You go, you go buy land uh, out in the rainforest where trees burned before, and you just say that you're in the process of engaging in carbon reduction, and then you sell people their carbon credits that they can go burn their carbon because you're reducing their carbon with trees that are never going to grow. How are you ever going to actually, are they going to send scientists out to, to, to actually quantify how many trees or if you, uh, we've genetically engineered trees to consume more carbon than any, we've got trees coated in algae. We've got algae trees that, that take more carbon out of the atmosphere than any other tree that's ever existed. And sure, at the moment, you know, our, our trees, but here's this thing, we're planting the trees now. So in 20 years from now, you know how much carbon these things are going to reduce from the atmosphere? Listen, people are going to want to eat their meat. They're going to want to run their cars. They're going to want their carbon. So let's sell it to them. Don't just let the elites run this scam. Let's go down to Brazil. Let's buy some decrepit pieces of rainforest that burnt down. Maybe you got to displace a single tribe or you partner with them. And you do some peyote or some shit. I don't know what they're into. But just plant some trees and sell someone the credits. It seems like the greatest and easiest scam. Um, the blight and blinken rules of war. Oh, this was just, oh yeah, this is, all right, we'll read this one paragraph. Mr. Blinken understands that Israel has more to do to defeat Hamas. Hamas cannot remain in control of Gaza. So there you go. They're getting rid of Hamas. What are they going to do once Hamas is gone? Who's going to run the territory? Who's, who, what are they going to do with all the, uh, with all the residents of Gaza? What's the plan for all this? They're not talking about any of that, but the current people running it, we all understand they have to go, right? 
He, re he reiterated a press conference in, in Israel Thursday. Israel campaign has so far secured most of the northern half. I don't know what else was in that paragraph. All right, here was the other paragraph, paragraph one and three. The best way to save civilians is to get them from urban, uh, far from urban combat zones. Now, I think this is like one of the most densely populated places, and we've already displaced 80% of the people. So the entire thing is an urban combat zone, but the safe thing we have to do is get these trapped people away from urban combat zones, away from Hamas strongholds like the city of Khan Yunus. But Mr. Blinken demands avoiding further significant displacement of civilians inside of Gaza. I don't know how much more you can displace if 80% of them are displaced. And I don't know what, if only 20% is left, you're past the significant part. But okay. Instead, he called on Israel to create safe zones. So in other words, like base. Like, it's like, it's like for the, listen, they reviewed it. They weren't sure how to treat the situation. And then someone proposed like a freeze tag type thing where we just need to have some bases. Apparently, uh, all right, this is why we all got to be rich. And it's not so that you can get on Epstein's plane and go do weird things in weird places. That's not it. But this is just casually throwing out there that they were they were going to spend a weekend going fossil hunting. I don't even know what fossil hunting is. But you get down on your on all fours with your toothbrush and you start searching for fossils. God being rich fucking rules. That's why all of us are sitting around wasting time on social media. It's because we don't have friends with jets calling us up and going, Hey, you want to go fossil hunting? Now, to be honest, I'd probably decline that. I'd go that I'm going to get on a plane and go somewhere to search for fossils. But this is why the rich keep getting richer. It's because they, instead of doing the stupid shit that we do in our free times, they get to do cool shit and not kid things. I don't know if that's code for something. I don't know what fossil hunting is looking for. Uh, uh, but anyways, Talk about blunders. You got a, are the lists finally coming out that RFK is owning up to the fact that he had flown on the planes? Nobody owns up for floating on the planes. And why was your ex-wife friends with Gis, uh, Um, I'm not going to read this, but uh, Bjorn Lomberg is, uh, you know, he's the best on explaining why uh, um, investing in growth and, you know, uh, food and, and energy resources for heat are better for the human race than, you know, all of this global warming nonsense. Uh, and this was a worthwhile read as every article by him is let's watch this last video. Um, because like a while ago I read on zero hedge, I think I, I said it here. There was this interesting thing about, um, soldiers, un-American soldiers ending up being employed by our army. Because if you think about like, I've often thought about, you know, the argument for why it's important for American citizens to have guns and because it keeps the government in check. And I do believe that it does work that way because they can only get so tyrannical before they have to actually uh, contend with the fact that there's an armed civilization. You go, yeah, but they've got an army. And then you start thinking, yeah, but does the army really want to go into Texas and fight Texans? Like the Texans would have to like, what, like, what are they like? If it's something so horrible like slavery, I understand where you go. All right, I'm, I got to go or I, I guess preserving the union. I don't know. Let's not get it, go into that rabbit hole. So I'm trying to make a different point here. And we don't have to ADD every single point. Sometimes we can have focus, a direct linear thought. For you to go and kill your fellow American citizen, I think you'd have to pay be paid quite handsomely to do so. And I would think like you'd have to really be paying soldiers really, really well that they would take your side over the average citizens. 
Like if you're talking about an actual like civil war against the government of people going, nope, we're not doing that. And they start rolling in the army with tanks. How many people are going to stand with the government as opposed to, you know, your average citizens? Well, that dynamic can shift if instead of hiring American citizens for the U.S. Army, you start hiring, you know, basically people that just came here that might not have the same allegiances to their fellow American citizen as, you know, somebody who's not actually from here. I think they were talking about, uh, I forgot what their historical examples were of at the end of societies, essentially, you know, hiring foreign militaries to do the dirty work because uh, they would be more willing to, uh, you know, uh, impose evil upon the citizens because they're not actually loyal to, 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 to those people. So this, having heard that concept, and by the way, you can go down the Run Your Mouth archive. I, I read that article in a previous episode. But I saw this and I was like, holy shit. What troubles me about the debate now about the southern border is it is one half of the immigration equation. Yes, we need order at the border. Yes, we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our, our shores and our border. But there is also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you're an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. I guess firstly, as a Democrat, who usually you guys don't like to contend with reality and you like to go, but this is so terrible. Look at the plight of these individuals. Isn't there something cruel about going, yeah, but if you're willing to fight and die for us, and being enslaved in our military, then you can earn your freedom. So firstly, for the people that like to pretend like usually we don't live in reality and go, you got to be nice to these people. This doesn't sound like it's that. And it sounds like it's right in line with what I was hearing of just wait till they recruit themselves an entire military force that's not actually American citizens. Lowers the cost of uh, or the ability of the government and military to, you know, basically turn tyrannical and uh, turn this into a police state. And then Massey made a very interesting point on his interview with Tucker Carlson, where he goes, you know, those COVID mandates also forced the best Americans out of the military, kind of cleansed the military of the free thinking patriots, you know, the people who might have uh, more of an outlook like you and I. Like, think about how many of probably the best soldiers left the military on account of COVID mandates, and now you're looking to replace them with uh, people that migrated to the country illegally. All right, that is our show. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back next week, probably Wednesday, with another episode. And then, uh, assuming I don't go on uh, Hail Mary last uh, last minute tour uh, to run the end of year thing, we'll be back to the three times a week, and then hopefully top of next year in the new studio. Thank you to the loyal sponsors, SheathUnderwear.com, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, and uh, if you live in Boston, 
New Hampshire. You don't got plans this weekend. Hell, even Connecticut, Northeast, make the drive. Come up to New Hampshire. It's beautiful. Um, and uh, the Shell, good, fun place to hang out. We're going to have a good weekend up there with some good shows. Come hang out. All right, let's take a couple comments. I didn't take any comments all thing. John Smith saying, what's up? What's up to you? Senior extraordinaire saying that he needs an RYM NRO rushing into my body. All right, you know, maybe maybe we'll get them to sponsor the show. Mr. Green 49. Will we ever see Robbie the Fire on Timcast IRL? Um, I think I'm going to make a push after I put out this end of your recap to maybe try and get on that show so that I can promote it. I'm doing a long segment on the border wall that I think he uh, might appreciate. And I think enough of my friends have been on the show that someone could probably make an introduction um, and that I could get on. Uh, I have yet to make an effort to get on. Uh, I mean, not that they've reached out and said, Hey, uh, we think you're amazing. Why don't you come hang out with us? But I feel like based off of the roster of people I know that have been on the show, if I made a push, I probably, and hopefully can get on. Uh, I think it would be really cool to, uh, promote the end of year thing. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to make a push for that. A fix. What's up friends. I just realized that Twitter has a live chat for videos. Neat. I didn't even know that that was true. While I'm running through the comments, if you want to let other people know how the live chat feature for Twitter works, I did not even know that that was um, a thing. Um, a fix also with it's unironically a miracle. Bezos hasn't created Amazon rainforest a servant for carbon credit resale yet. It's common, man. We should be getting in on this thing early. It's going to be the the Bitcoin or you know what? Don't even do the credit things and just create the Bitcoin that's supposed to resell the carbon credits. And then, you know, you talk up how much uh, money is going to flow into your currency because it's the one thing for selling the carbon credits. Listen, if you're out there and you know how to do these scams, I want in early. <laughs> All right. And last comment for today, Senior Extraordinaire, Porch Tour 24. Yes, I am. Uh, I am looking forward to that when uh, when we get there. All right. Thanks for hanging out. That is our episode. Be back probably next week, Wednesday, with a new episode. Later.